0: Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan.
1: Hello, business babies. I'm so excited to bring you our good friend, Jessica Ely. Welcome to the show, babe. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We are pretty super pumped. Jessica is the resident emotional bringer-upper of all things regarding icky feelings, money, success, and thinking we're not good enough, and what all of those things kind of, or how they affect the growth of our business, our mindset, relationships with our families, and all of that good stuff. So we're diving into some pretty deep shit today. And in fact, I got the opportunity to chat with Jessica a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I had posted up in a group kind of talking about a plateau that I felt like we had hit in business and that I just, we just couldn't push back this thing that there was something that we were missing. And I don't know if I needed a coach or a strategist or what. And Jessica was like, you know, you kind of are bringing up some money block issues and that's a real thing. So let's hop on a call and like figure this out. So our hop on a call was a two hour cry fast conversation as I'm like pacing my basement on the phone with you, bringing up things that don't seem like they're related to the success of my business, but in the way that you kind of shifted it and the questions that you asked really made me realize that. The effects of how we grow up and and how we think and other decisions that we make in our life really, really, really touch on on our business and how we do everyday life. So, since I was a crying hot mess in that call, we want to warn you guys today that y'all might be a crying hot mess too, and that's okay. But last time we warned you that y'all were gonna cry and you didn't listen to us.
0: You didn't and listen.
1: Abby got on to you guys because she said go grab tissues and you didn't do it. So. Consider this your fair warning. And if you don't listen that time, then that's on you, suckers.
0: Go like sit on the couch, get a glass of wine. This is going to be as close to business therapy as possible. I'm probably going to overshare because that sounds like something I would do. <laughs> I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, just saying. Just all the fair warning. So I would love just for you to dive in at that mentality of success is really freaking hard and it's actually harder than failure. And when we're so afraid of that and how does that thought process impact everything else that we do in our business and then the actual success that we do have?
2: Right. So it is true that success is actually what most people struggle with more than failure, but most people don't realize that. They think they're afraid of failing and they think that that's the thing that's holding them back. But What failure usually means for people is that they're going to stay where they are right now, or maybe worst case scenario, you'll go back like two or three or four steps. But usually failure doesn't really mean anything much worse than how things are right now. But success, on the other hand, means changing everything about your life. And changing everything scares the crap out of us because we don't know What to expect. So, with failure, it means that we keep doing more of the same and we know what to expect. Even if we don't like how things are right now, there's some amount of certainty in how our lives are going at this moment. But when we talk about being successful and completely changing our lives, which is what a business does if it's successful, that creates all kinds of uncertainty for us. And that scares the crud out of all of us because we don't know who we're going to become when we reach the thing that we say we want
0: makes so much sense because i feel like we hit a point in our business where things are just comfortable and we spent so much of our childhood you know struggling and if you haven't listened to previous episodes there's a lot of juice on that in other episodes. But what I will tell you is that Emily and I worked really hard to get to a point in our business where we hit a level of security. And then once we did that, there was like this giant plateau because we were so comfortable where we were at. And so what you're saying just, I mean, it blows my mind because duh like we've already changed everything about our entire business, and to change everything about our lives all over again just seems nearly impossible right yeah and and that's the thing
2: like we don't know who we're going to be, and we might have to leave the people that we're used to, we might have to undo the relationships that we think we really need. We might have to distance ourselves or make boundaries with certain people. And we think we don't want that because that's what we're used to. We're safe with those people and in those situations. But if you want to go to the next level, that's a whole nother thing. And we don't know how the people that we are around are going to respond to us being successful either. Like, what are they going to say? What are they going to do? What if I lose those people that I am so attached to? And that drives a lot of people to just stay put because then at least they know I get to hang on to these relationships that are really important to me. I get to stay with these people who I want to be with. And if I change everything about my life, then maybe I won't get to keep that.
1: Well, and talk to us a little bit about that for a second in the sense of letting go of the people who are in our lives and not necessarily like saying bye to those people, but of the things that were said to us as we were raised, the mentality of our family members, the mentality of finance of our family members, like how do we separate ourselves from that? And try to shift this new person. How do we have to become an entirely new person in order to unlock this change? Yeah, you do. Because the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. spoiler alert, you do. <laughs> uh, I mean,
2: but that's the thing. That's we grew up hearing all kinds of things, especially. Okay, so like I listened to you guys' episode where you guys really dove into your pasts, right? And I resonate with a lot of that. I grew up with pieces from each of your stories. And We heard all kinds of things about what it means to be successful. We have in the English language a bajillion idioms about, you know, being filthy rich and all kinds of things, right? That, you know, the money is the root of all evil, things like that, right? All these things that we hear. And you may have to put up a boundary with the family, with the friends. You have to realize that everyone who got you to this point isn't necessarily going to get you to the next point but and like you said that doesn't mean that you leave them behind or that those relationships are any less valuable they're just serving you in a different way going forward what got you here won't get you there
0: mhm i can't imagine because the idea of doing it all over again blows my mind because we've just gotten to this place where We can buy Chipotle any day of the week, (laughs) or we can go to Starbucks anytime we want. And to us, that was so different from what we grew up with that that felt like success to us. And I know for some of you, that's going to feel like success too. But I just, I can't imagine, like, we don't want an island. Like Emily said that before, like, we don't want an island. We don't want a mansion. We don't want all these materialistic things. So going past that, we're just like, what are we aiming for?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Right. And that's the thing that people have to get clear on for themselves is what does success mean to you? It's not all the scary things that your people in your past projected onto success. It's something that you create for yourself and of your own definition. And if that if part of being successful means going to Chipotle every day, that's cool, right? But like, if that's the kind of thing that's going to trigger your mom or your grandma or whoever, like they don't need to know you go to Chipotle every day, then do the thing that makes you feel good and enjoy that and keep the other people in your life in a way that works for them and for you.
1: Well, I think the biggest piece of the conversation that we had that, I mean, it's not, rocket science, but you simply asked me, okay, if this is your revenue goal, that's fine. It can be whatever you want. It can be $10,000. It can be a million dollars. It doesn't matter. Why do you want that as your goal? What's the purpose? And what part of your life do you want changed, if any, because of that goal? And it really struck me because I was like, well, I don't want you know, I'm thinking like a vision board style. I don't want to live in Italy. I don't want to like have a boat. I don't want to have 17 houses. And you're like, okay, so you're good. Like you're good with what you have. So there's another reason why you want those those monies. And you just have to tap into that.
2: Right. And the the thing is, sometimes people just want it to prove that they can have it. Mm-hmm. Especially for people who are achievers, people who are – kind of rebelling against how they were raised or their friends. It's like, I'm going to be rich just to stick it to my family that this is possible. And all those years that we spent poor were BS.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: We could have eaten Chipotle every day.
0: (laughs) My husband literally said last night, we've been watching Billions on Showtime, which, by the way, is super good if you haven't watched it. He's like, I want to be a billionaire. And I was like, no, you don't. He's like, you're right. He's like, you're right. I don't. He's like, I want to be a 10 millionaire. And I was like, (laughs) okay, I could get behind that goal. But he didn't have a reason. It was just because he wanted to say he had $10 million. Right. Because all of a sudden a million doesn't seem like enough for some reason. Uh Like we've gotten to a point in our life where like a million isn't going to, like he couldn't quit his job and get through retirement with a million dollars. He would need way more money than that. But like 10 million, uh, maybe he wouldn't have to work a day in his life after that.
2: But that's what happens as you grow and stretch yourself is that what is normal changes. And so if what is normal for you right now is selling on Etsy for $5, then the idea of selling something for $50,000 is going to freak you out, even if it sounds fun. Like your head can't really imagine that. And so you have to put yourself into a position where you kind of grow and you can grow very fast incrementally. Right. So just because it's incremental doesn't mean it has to be slow, but you have to get your head to the place where it is okay with allowing you to make those steps.
0: How? And I yeah,
1: how? how, Yeah. Because I think a lot of that is getting out of that hobby mindset and treating your business like a business. And so how how do we do that?
2: So hmm, we're gonna go deep. Here we go. So the big reason why a lot of people stay in hobby versus mindset is because they don't love themselves enough to believe that what they are putting out there deserves to be paid for.
0: You cut me real deep. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, that doesn't hurt me because it's not where I'm at, but I, I'm sure that I some people that. are like really hurting with that statement. So say it again. Say it one more time so, so they really have to hear it.
2: You have to work on loving yourself first. You have to be sold on you first. Here's the thing, if you are in hobby mode, it is because you are using your hobby to kind of pay the bills or to have something to do outside of what you normally do or to to fulfill your artistic tendencies or whatever, right? And that's fine. That's totally okay. I am not knocking that. If you are happy with that, then keep it there. It can just be that thing. That's fine. But if you want more, you have to love yourself enough that you know you don't need that thing to be successful. You don't need the people around you. You don't need your customers. When you can detach from needing other people to feel okay about yourself and you can just love yourself, if you were on a deserted island, you would be okay. You might be a little lonely. You'd go stir crazy. But you would be okay. You would love yourself as you are right now. Then you can start to take those steps of taking your business seriously and allowing yourself to do the things you know you need to do, right? If you're not making sales, it's because you're not selling. You have to actually tell somebody, buy my thing. And you're not going to do that until you know and believe that your thing is worth buying. And you won't believe that your thing is worth buying until you are sold on you.
0: (sighs) See, that's interesting.
1: Some of those points were interesting to me because I definitely, I know we're not treating our business like a hobby. We're well past that stage. Been there, done that. Thank you. Don't ever want to do that again. But I'm not at the point where I feel like I don't need our people. I need our people every day. They literally make me a happier person when I am like struggling and down or something happens. They're who I go to for fulfillment. A lot of it because a lot of our friends are in there and like we've grown outside of this like student teacher relationship. But I absolutely 100% need those people and a lot of the reason why I do like convince myself to get up and do some of the things is because I have to show up for them. So part of that mindset is, okay, yeah, sure. It's part of being in business. Know who you're showing up for. But I'm realizing, I think, that I rely on that, chasing that feeling a lot more than I probably should.
2: Yep. And that's, so you guys are kind of the achiever type, right? Like I'm going to like, I'm going to do this, right? And because I decided it is going to happen.
1: Yep. Right. Yeah.
2: And like this happens to a lot of achievers. They do really, really huge things and then they step back and they're like, why? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And they roll out of bed one morning and they're like, what have I done?
0: Uh I think that Uh often, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) What have I created? What is this monster? (laughs) Right.
2: I mean, and look, when I said that you don't need people. I'm not saying to like file for divorce and unfriend all your people and ditch your community and – but this has nothing to do with superiority. In fact, it has everything to do with understanding that you are equal to everyone else, Mm -hmm. right? And when you can view all of us as equals, like the crappy people in your life, they are just as human As the people that you look up to and respect and admire, right? And there are people listening to this who idolize you two. And I get that because you two have done something that a lot of people would kill to do. But when you can get to the point that you realize, like, okay, look, just because Abby and Emily have done this thing, like, that means that I can too. Mm -hmm. And some of you won't believe that. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But not me, right? But... Whether you've done the thing or not or you aspire to or not, we are all equal as humans. And if you can really understand that and appreciate that, then you will allow yourself to do whatever the flip you want to because you realize that somebody else's opinion of you doesn't actually take away from who or what you are.
0: So I think I... This is just me. This is literally like a psych session right now. Seriously. (laughs) So personally, I think I'm further along in this process than Emily is. And I think I just have, I'm a little more grounded in myself, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean, but I can see other people who don't see that way. And it gets frustrating as a person who like, I'm like, everybody's awesome. Like, I look at Oprah, let's just say Oprah, and I'm like, she's amazing, but all these things happened in her life that aren't crazy, necessarily. They A lot of them were timing. A lot of them were luck. A lot of them were like, literally, you could not reproduce this event because it's not reproducible at this point. But I don't feel that she's better than me at all would I still love to meet her and do I still think she's amazing absolutely do I still put her on a little bit of a pedestal yes like she's still she's (laughs) she's still fucking Oprah like right (laughs) so I think the the pedestals have gotten shorter for me but the pool of people that I like put in the same like okay they're just human Mm mm-hmm Like, I think that pool is a lot larger for me than Emily. So
2: what's the frustrating part for you? Because you said there's – it's frustrating when you see other people do that.
0: I think it's frustrating. Like, this happens more with my spouse because he will judge people based on what's happening. And I'm just like, dude, like, just stop. Like, just – Like, whatever. Like, I just don't... I stopped caring. (laughs) I don't know if it's a stopped caring thing or a what, but I'm just... All these opinions running rampant about what everybody else is doing with their life, I'm just like, dude, I just have to keep living my own. I think a lot of it, honestly, I was in a car accident several months ago. And even today, someone was running, like, full-on sprint into Starbucks And I was like, I do not need Starbucks as bad as this woman does (laughs) at all. So I was like, you can go ahead. And she was just like, so grateful. And I was like, I'm in a hurry too. But like, obviously, you need Starbucks more than I do. (laughs) And so I let her go in front of me. And I just realized like, life is short. But why fucking be in a hurry all the time? And why judge people for where they're at? And I was like, I don't know what's going on in her day. Like, Like, she could be on the way to the hospital. Like, I literally have no clue. So I let this woman go in front of me, even though I was literally in front of her. (laughs) And she was so grateful. She tried to buy my coffee, and I refused. I was like, no, no, I'm getting, like, four things. Like, you do not want to buy my coffee. It's going to be really expensive. And when she left, she handed me $5. Like, cash. I was like, well, shit, that's really cool. (laughs) And it's like... Of being the bigger person, I mean, A, it's like, well, shit, if I get paid $5 every time I do that, I mean, it's going to pay <laughs> off eventually. But I don't know. When I see other people just like constantly hurrying, I was like, that woman had to pay me $5 to cut in line? Like, that doesn't seem worth it. Right. So, I mean, the hardest
2: people for open-minded people to be open-minded about is people who are not open-minded. Yes. And- That's like yes. That's probably about where you're at, right? Like, yeah. So, like, if you can get yourself to the point where, like, even the angry people, you're like, that's okay. I understand that you have your own stuff. Like, you just
0: defined what my problem is because I'm the people who aren't open minded. Literally, what you just said are the people who bug me the most, and that was just like an example. I could go into other examples, but they're way more shitty and personal.
1: <laughs> yeah, so
2: but my guess is that you feel that way because you probably grew up around closed-minded people and you made the shift to being open-minded yourself. And now because you've made that shift, you're like, "Well, come on, you guys. Like, why can't the rest of you be open-minded? <laughs> like, right, catch up." And and that's where some of us we just have to like kind of be okay with everybody being at their own point. And some people are going to die closed-minded right and we love them anyways right and and that's true for your listeners some people are going to eventually get on the bandwagon with what you're doing and they'll support you and they'll love you through it and they'll help you and they'll cheer for you and they'll hand you kleenexes when you need it mm-hmm. and some people never will and stop chasing the people for the thing you think you need right yep. because You cannot force somebody to support something. And if you're telling yourself that you need your husband, your parents, your kids, whoever, your friends to be supportive of you, you're going to be waiting a
1: long, long time. So what are some things that we can tell ourselves going deeper into that especially non-supportive close circle of? friends, family, especially spouse, we see a lot of comments pop up in our group. And I see this in actually a lot of other groups that I'm in that sell different things, but it's typically the woman of the relationship is selling something and she's super excited about getting behind this thing. And she's talking to her inner circle and she's using it in her house and she's getting her spouse on board. And that person is just so resistant, whether it's they don't believe in essential oils, so they tell her not to use them. They don't believe in giving away content for free, so they tell her that making an opt-in was a literal waste of time. I just read this thread where someone's partner convinced her that email marketing doesn't work because he gets all of these spam emails, so why should she pay for a convert kit if that doesn't even work? And so she comes and she's literally using her energy, like having someone argue this with her and and defend his position or her position, which one is Right. And so what are some ways that we can kind of shake that off or have conversations about it, but are geared in a way that's going to help that person move forward instead of just being bitter about the conversation?
2: Right. Okay. So the first thing is you got to have some boundaries. Know who you can talk to about what, right? If you, I'm not saying to keep secrets, right? I'm married. My husband knows a lot about what's going on in my business, but I also feel safe doing that with him because he supports it. I know a lot of people aren't in that position. Mm -hmm. So if you aren't in that position, again, don't try to convince someone else to be sold on you. If you can get sold on what it is you're doing first, that's most important. Then have those boundaries in place where you tell him what he needs to know. Right? From like a, we are in an equitable relationship here and Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you before I drop a few thousand dollars on something because, hey, that's the nice thing to do. Right? Like, yeah, do that. But like, does your husband need to know that you are sending out emails for your business? Mm -hmm. Probably not. No, it doesn't matter, right? Because if you went to a day job, he wouldn't care what you're doing there, but he cares because you're trying to do this thing that is new and scary and you have to understand that for the people who are not being supportive of you, it is often because they too have your best interest at heart, but it's really – your best interest at heart from their perspective. Mm -hmm. And you can't fault anybody for wanting to keep you safe, but you have to understand that that's what they're trying to do. They are trying to keep you in a place of certainty. And they too, just like we talked about at the very beginning, they know where your life is right now and how your life and your relationship with them is working. And if you start to introduce something new, like, hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and as far as you know, I might roll up in a Bentley one day and that will make (laughs) you super uncomfortable, right? Or even just, we're going to go to Disney, right? Or super normal, quote unquote, things that would be abnormal for your existing relationship, If you're talking about changing that from the other person's perspective, they're going to do whatever they have to if they're not terribly self-assured to keep you where they like having you. And that's Mm -hmm. nothing, first of all, that you can change aside from doing your own development work and kind of being a good role model for them. So, you know, I mean, that stuff does rub off. Right. You can't force it to rub off, but it does. And then- Showing that person as much as you can that your relationship as it is, is safe no matter what. So, if you are married and this is your husband who isn't terribly supportive, it's still doing all those things that you guys did five, 10 years ago, right? Like the things that he trusts to be present in your marriage, keep doing those things because you are changing this really big thing. And if you try to change, all of it at once, he's going to freak the F out. Mm
0: -hmm. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that helped me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's monarchmone dot strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. I will say, and I will be really open and honest about this, my spouse was very, very unsupportive in the beginning not that he wasn't willing to let me try and I think that's the difference I think some spouses are like absolutely not like you're crazy like please do not even go down this route like don't quit your job don't whatever and that's a whole different ballgame mine at least agreed to let me try but after that was very much in that like hover mode of like I'm gonna watch every move you make Every decision you make, whatever, because I'm afraid you're going to fuck it up. And mostly it came out of a place of fear because to this point in our relationship, much like you had said, to keep everything the same, I had always been the breadwinner in our household. And so to have me all of a sudden not have a quote unquote reliable paycheck was the scariest thing to ever be introduced to our marriage. And so. The best advice I have for you is time and keeping it to a point where give them the information they need to not like kill themselves because they do need like if they are involved financially, they do need to know what you're spending on. But I was very like I rest him assured that I was never going to spend more than I made So we weren't going to lose money in this process. And then the other thing that I did was really work on myself first. And eventually that rubbed off on him. And I was surprised now, two years later, how much our marriage has improved. I mean, Emily can vouch, and I know my husband's never going to listen to this episode, (laughs) so it's (laughs) fine. But at the beginning... I was not sure we were going to stay married because of how rocky it was causing our relationship to be. And this was such an important part of my life that I didn't think he trusted me. And that was crazy that he wouldn't let this huge piece of my heart happen. And two years later, I can say without a doubt, like I'm going to be married to this man for the rest of my life. We are very happily married and we got through it, but that's not going to happen for all of you. And I'm sorry, but know that if you work on yourself first, I think that's more important. I think we try so hard to change the other person and Mm -hmm. that's never going to happen, but sometimes they will make steps with you if they see you making changes.
2: Amen. (laughs)
1: Get the business proving itself for you, yeah. like get your business doing what you want it to be doing. And that itself is probably going to be enough of a change for it to fix the issues because that fear is coming from, I don't know if this thing is going to provide for us or you're going to like move on from this thing to the next thing. Cause that was a lot of our miscommunication in the early years of business is I was trying my hands in a lot of different things before I found my happy place. And so six months here, a year here. And it was nerve wracking of, okay, you have this next great idea. How long is this one going to last? And luckily, TCC is still here. (laughs) And it's been going great. But just focus on making your business reach the goals that you want it to make that you had without that pressure. And that's going to help align all of those things. Because
0: honestly, the business started succeeding more the less I had him involved. Yes. 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 And that came with a lot of help. And that came with a lot of finding the people that would cheer me on Mm -hmm. and the people I could share the information with. And it came to a point where I I literally had to have some hard conversations with him about, no, like literally legally, you do Mm -hmm. not own this business you yeah i don't have to answer that i mean yes by marriage technically you kind of own a percentage but like legally you can't make financial decisions unless i die that right. i mean like i literally had to go over some of this stuff with him to get him to back off enough to make it clear that i was capable of making these decisions and i had made enough good decisions that I continue to make more money than him for two years. So, like, chill out, dude. Like, it's going to be fine. So, if you're in that place of someone's not supporting you, A, work on yourself, and B, find the people who will support you. And you can have those conversations of, should I buy this thing over here or this thing over here? Because they're not the person you should be like batting around lead pages versus some other lead capture program or convert kit versus mail right. because they like, 'cause they're they're gonna talk you into the one that's cheap, free, or nothing. And that's not helpful. With no strategy behind it. Right. So let's
1: move into the things that we can help ourselves with. How can we focus in on ourselves? What are some daily things, whether it's an affirmation or a mantra that you recommend? And you know, I want you to talk about affirmations because our audience knows we're really into affirmations. We do them Every single day, and then we have a weekly one, and then we have a monthly one, and then we have a yearly one. I mean, like we're into this. And our take on it has been like use that affirmation to speak to the universe about what you want. Like be lofty and like be specific and set numbers of goals for what you want to sell and how many people you want for this thing and like get real specific. And so when I shared that with you, you were like, eh, how about you try this instead? So talk to us about that.
2: Okay. So I want you to think about the fact that the word affirmation actually is affirm, right? We are affirming what we already believe. And so if you are trying to use an affirmation to convince your head that you are going to get something that you don't actually believe you're going to get, you're going to keep talking to yourself for a really long time and you're not ever going to see the thing. And I'm like I'm not like that sounds dramatic, but I'm not kidding. If you don't believe that you're going to get the thing that you say you want, you'll never get it. Period. The end. And so like I absolutely agree with you that affirmations should be lofty or big and dream big and like yes, absolutely. Dream as big as you feel comfortable expecting it. Mm-hmm. Right? So a decision is what happens when we have something we want and we marry it with a belief. And that's when you expect it. And not until you really expect something is it going to show up. So your affirmations have to be something that you don't have yet or something that you want to remind yourself of and have a hard time remembering mm-hmm. when you're trying to kind of grow, right? So, for instance, I, I think it was actually in you guys' group. This week I wrote that I have all the time and energy I need to reach my goals. Because I have 3 kids and mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of time and energy sometimes, but I also know that that's kind of my own BS, right? I right. it's really easy for me to be like, "Oh, I have 3 kids," right? And then everybody, every all the other moms are like, "Oh yeah, that's hard. I know." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except there are moms out there crushing it and Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Like some of them have six kids and they homeschool and they like make lasagna every night, right? And I'm not them, them. but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So if you can't wrap your head around the idea of making $50,000 or $500,000 or whatever your number is, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot because you're trying to convince your head of something – And then it doesn't show up. And so you kind of just take that as evidence of, well, crap, that didn't work. Mm -hmm. And so when you make a mantra or an affirmation, the first thing is to get really clear on what it is you want. And it's got to be clear enough that you can legit feel having that thing. And so it might be as simple as we can go to Chipotle every day. (laughs) And that's cool, right? Like it, because you can imagine that. Yeah. And belief is a muscle. You guys, like you, you have to stretch your belief. And the more you work it out, the stronger your belief in yourself will get. When you stretch your belief far enough, that's when you can make those really lofty goals. But if you're still in a position where you're in the hobby business or you haven't, had as much success as you want, then you're going to have to flex that belief muscle and do that by reciting affirmations that you believe and can expect to show up in your life.
0: So what's the difference between an affirmation and a mantra then?
2: That's a really good question. I mean, semantics at some point, right? For instance, I used the mantra for a while, I cannot control the thoughts, feelings, or opinions of anyone around me.
1: Oh man! I got did. like tattooed on my forehead.
2: Right, <laughs> like I, I was like this control freak. I really, w- I would do, I would manipulate situations just to try to get people to not react in certain ways. Right, mm-hmm. and I would know. See, I did
1: the opposite. I manipulated situations to get people to react a certain way, so I could then explain why they reacted wrong. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Because I'm I right all the time. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> You guys are both ridiculous and I love
1: it. I mean, and I see it now and I still do it. Like I literally still, it's family situations, it's text conversations, it's posts that, you know, I share on Facebook because I know who I'm actually wanting to target is going to say a specific thing in response to that setup. So then I can come in and say, oh, actually, this is why you're wrong. This is why (laughs) I know it's a problem. That is Mm -hmm. the problem.
0: But I'm trying to make
1: people open-minded. That's how I justify it. No, that doesn't sound like a plan. That they're not (laughs) open-minded, and so I need to correct them. It makes sense
2: in her head because she's making the world more like her, right? It's more. Plus, like, then you get to reaffirm for yourself, like, I'm good. I am good. I have come a long way. Look, I could have turned out like those people, Uh Uh and I didn't. And as proof of that, I'm going to incite them into doing the thing yep. that I don't want them to do. And then I'll show them how much better I am now.
0: 100%. New, new mantra for TCC. Let's make everybody more like Emily.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, world. <laughs> just,
0: just kidding. Just kidding. No, my husband
1: says all the time, our daughter has really, really crazy hair. Like, in the morning, any time of the day, it's crazy. And Brian says, crazy in the morning. And I said, Oh, you have hair like your dad. And he goes, Well, she's probably going to have your attitude. So I have to get something. I'm like, mm, You're welcome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome.
1: It's what you love about me. <laughs> I'm working on it, guys. <laughs> it's fine. Well, so, now that we've aired all our yeah. dirty laundry.
0: I know. Y'all like, know everything about us now. Thanks, Jessica. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. So if someone – I'm going to – we're going to go into talk strategy to me. If someone is listening to this and their head is just like all over the place and they need some action steps right now to start believing in themselves a little bit more Start being a little less afraid of making what they're worth, being a little less afraid of having that success, being this is all about being afraid, I guess, being a little <laughs> less afraid the that people won't support them. What should they be working on? Okay, so the first thing is
2: you actually said, like, if their head is spinning or something to that effect, right? If they're a little overwhelmed. And the first thing that you have to get better at is being really mindful, which sounds like this crazy thing. But all I literally mean is like, take 30 seconds and just stop whatever you're doing. And like, maybe pause this after I'm done with a sentence and do it, right? Like, if nobody was touching you and you didn't hear anything, how would you know that you have a left leg, for instance, without looking at it? Can you just feel that thing? Can you just be present in this very moment in your body and just exist for a minute. And like, that sounds a little crazy. Why am I saying that? I'm saying that because it slows your head down, right? Most of us are a little bit like dogs chasing squirrels, right? Whichever one comes closest, that's the one that we follow. And then, oh, there comes another thought I don't like. And that led me down the rabbit hole. Blah, 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 blah. No, like just slow the frick down. Mm-hmm. And you do that by being more mindful and present in your body. That could mean that you do things like meditating. I legit meditate now. If I would have heard this four years ago, I would have thought that I'd been abducted by aliens. <laughs> so if you're not there, that's cool, whatever. You can just sit in a chair for five minutes. It's fine. If you want to go running, if you want to color, if you want to go for a walk in nature, whatever, all of these things can have the same idea. A nap does not count, unfortunately. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But like, get really mindful and present so that you don't bounce around so much. It helps slow your thoughts down so you can be more conscious of them.
0: I recently heard a tip on how to do this if you struggle with the thoughts slipping in, because one of the tricks to being mindful is you have to actually focus on nothingness, which is difficult. And so the trick I heard was turn on a fan, the kind that actually makes noise, like not not the quietest fan you own, like the one from 20 years ago that like still has that click every time it turns turn on one of those and stare at the thing for three minutes and focus on just the noise it makes and you'd be surprised how little you think about for three minutes yeah. I mean,
2: that's why some people say to focus on your breath. That's hard for me. I hate doing that because I start breathing really funny. Breathing really I'm like, am, I, am I breathing? Oh, should I inhale? Uh-huh. Exhale? No. Oh,
1: like, I'm just I, holding my breath for three minutes. Yeah.
2: No, <laughs> yeah don't do that. Uh, right. But I mean, any kind of like focal point like that yeah. helps slow your head down basically. I like
1: it. Have I have to two? do that.
2: <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, all right then you got to start working on loving yourself more and um yeah some places to do that basically stop doing what emily does <laughs> uh-huh. right so don't go don't go become aware of all the places where you go fishing for
0: for your
1: spiteful
2: <laughs> yeah but see what you're doing is you're doing that to validate that you are good Yeah, is really what's going on, right? And if you can get to the point – I used to do this with my husband. I would like take all three kids to Target. Well, I guess not three at the time, but I would take the kids to Target and then I would like make dinner and then I'd write a newsletter and like the house would be cleaned up or something. It was a unicorn day, right? But then I would feel compelled to tell him about it so that he could be like, oh, good job, honey. You're so amazing right and that's why i was doing it i wasn't doing it to like just tell him what happened i was doing it for the gold star. I needed kudos from somebody. And if you can just start doing stuff for yourself and just be proud of yourself and be proud of your own development. If you go through something hard, I also did this with my husband, you will not believe what happened here today. And I'm sending him like pictures of the disasters my children made and like the (laughs) murals on the wall and stuff. And so then he could be like, oh, I'm sorry. That's really hard. Yeah good I'm you know you're really strong for handling that you're like
1: I know I know exactly
2: (laughs) yes and if you can get to the point where you don't need somebody to bolster your feelings and you can just feel good for yourself can you do something nice for yourself and you don't need to go tell your mom group oh my god I took a bath and it felt amazing (laughs) you all should go take a bath now and then everybody will be like oh good job you took a bath (laughs) Right? Don't do just oh just take god. the bath and enjoy it, and then go to bed and be happy with yourself.
0: Flashbacks to the last time I went to dinner with all moms. P.S. I'm not a mom, and so <laughs> it's so funny when they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, never mind." You're just like, "Yeah, I don't need yep. it." Just keep I know. Going. Keep going.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's kind of you. If you unhinge yourself mm-hmm. from needing – other people's approval or even their disapproval, right? Sometimes like we're so addicted to our people that we will happily have them disapprove of us just to get them to notice and pay attention to us.
1: Yeah. Flashback to my 13-year-old self. (laughs) Jesus.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And so then kind of the next thing is to become more aware of your thoughts. Now, there's a lot of ways to do this. The thing that I recommend for most people is to find a prompt or actually the link that I have for your audience has some prompts and stuff. Go do some stream of consciousness journaling. Don't filter, just write and write and write. And it doesn't matter if you have to write. I don't know what to write, but this lady (laughs) on a podcast told told me to keep writing. And you'll just keep going, and eventually the thoughts will come out. But the purpose of that is that when you go back and you read your thoughts it's a whole new world, right? Because (laughs) as soon as we notice a thought that we don't like, we tend to like shove it away and we ignore it. And our heads are really efficient like that. But when you write that stuff out, you can no longer lie to yourself about the stuff going on in your head and it will be uncomfortable and you will not like it and you will be likely embarrassed. Look, everyone that I talk to on the phone says like, oh my gosh, I'm probably the worst you've ever talked to, like every person, right? We all have dysfunctional thoughts. Mm -hmm. But if you can actually see them, actually become aware of them, and just rather than judging yourself for it, just say, hmm, that's interesting. Okay, here's what I actually want instead. And you're going to have to do that over and over and over. We're making new neural pathways in our brains, people, but if you do that over and over, you can get to the point where you your head is working the way you chose for it to work and not the way it was programmed to work when you were a kid.
1: Well, I need to start doing that because I'm not the person to say like, oh I'm I'm the worst on the phone because that bugs me to hear too. I know I don't like putting people in this space where they have to forgive me for something. Even though I do it all the time apparently. But when I got off the phone, I felt super uncomfortable. Like, I didn't even know if I could ever talk to you again because of, like, what I know that I said. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I can't have this, like, therapist-type relationship with her and
0: be friends with her because now she knows all this stuff. Yep. And I, like, snot cried. No, that, that's <laughs> – those are my best friends. All the ones yep. I have therapist-type relationships with. <laughs> those are officially my best friends.
2: Yeah, I mean, because (laughs) they're the people who see the ugly and are still there.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. I mean, and look, you guys, I talk with people all day, every day. I am here to tell you that it's nobody I've talked to, let's put it that way, right. right? Who doesn't have some kind of way that our heads are not serving us. And that doesn't mean you're screwed up. It means you have a program in your head that's not serving where it is you want to go. And so if you don't like, Where it is you're headed right now, change your head, change your beliefs, recognize your values, and choose ones that help you get where it is you want to go.
1: Mic drop. I think that's a wonderful note to end on because that is heavy and a lot. So tell us now where everyone can find you, how they can hire you and throw money at you to maybe help them work through this process on a deeper level.
2: Okay. So, all this stuff that I'll mention is at Jessica Ely E-L-E-Y, dot com, slash TCC. I'll just yeah. make a landing page for you it's guys. Crazy. Yeah. And so there's two things I'll put there. I'll put a link to the session that Emily and I did together, the same type of thing. So if somebody wants to experience that, they can. There's also a coupon code for $100 uh-huh. off. So there's that. But there's also a quiz there to help you kind of figure out what kind of entrepreneur you are. And I don't mean like, oh, I'm the creative or I'm the whatever. It's like, how is your head working, right? And there, there are five types. You can kind of figure out where your head is serving you and also where it's going to slow you down. And it'll help you kind of become aware of some things that could potentially be roadblocks as you build your business.
0: I can't We're wait to take out right now. Quit. <laughs> I hope awful. this landing page magically exists. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jessica, thank
1: you so much for coming on. We had a blast. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much.
2: No, thanks for having me.
0: Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join The Co-op, our creative template shop membership